When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome. Episode 102 of the Talking Hockey Podcast. Got no Eric today because he said he's feeling sick. I'm back to instead, though, mm-hmm. in his absence. Uh, I, I don't know. Did, did you make fun of me last week for not being here? I think we did a little bit, but not too much. It was only okay. like a minute. It wasn't It wasn't too much. Probably less than we're going to make fun of Eric. Apparently, Eric got sick. We're not sure if it's COVID or non-COVID related. Or what I mean, it is, but does does COVID give you a stomach ache? I don't know. I don't. Know. I mean, we've heard a lot about the symptoms and stuff over the last two years, and honestly, I still don't know. <laughs> I know it's like, headache and cold, or like a cold, sore no, a sore throat could be it sometimes. But I mean, in the winter, I wake up every day with a with a sore throat for the most part. So I, I have to. We have to be careful there, I guess, with what it is. But um, yeah, it's nice to have Ty back. Uh, it's nice to be able to have someone that's not talking over everyone else on the on the podcast at all times. So, welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Hockey Podcast. It's your favorite producer, Luke, here to remind you to follow and subscribe on whatever streaming service you use. Leave a review on Apple. Visit our website, talkinghockeypodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at Talking Hockey for daily content. Now, let's get into today's episode with your favorite group of guys, Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin. I know what we're going to talk a little bit about today is Russia, Ukraine, not the geopolitical aspect of it, but more some of the absurd takes we've seen on the internet. Um, maybe what it means about, cause I know the world juniors and IOC and some other places, IH, IHF are, are talking about removing them for like the Russian team, but we'll get into that. Ty, you want to talk about it. We'll let you start first. Oh, uh, put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't really think of what I wanted to say. What I think is, but that's is kind of normal. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I have I have some yeah. thoughts on it, the whole situation. So, for those of you who don't know, Russia recently invaded Ukraine. For anyone know the reasoning why? Really, they're afraid NATO of Russia. Yeah, Russia's afraid yeah. of of Ukraine joining NATO, which is absurd because Russia can't say who and what alliances other countries can't join into. But that's besides the point. Russia's um, basically scared of unity. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they want to see how far they can push things until the rest of the world actually does something about it. Ukraine's actually putting up a hell of a fight, man. You like, I mean, the, the videos you see on the streets of Ukraine is kind of crazy. You're just civilians just, you know, holding the lines in Kiev. You know, they're, they basically have a whole I like, mean, perimeter of just civilians with AK 47s <laughs> just protecting also... their capital. It doesn't sound like Russia's sent in like very hard troops. Like, yeah, I mean, well, no one's on Team Russia. No, like, of course not. not a single person wants war. 
there is a whole other topic about how we could talk about this war and this invasion than the Russians don't want Afghanistan war. and anywhere in Africa. There's a lot of racial things that you could talk about. We can leave that for maybe another podcast, but um, yeah, it's as much as this is a good look for a lot of countries. It's also a terrible look for anything Palestine related, anything Afghanistan related, like USA has invaded way more countries than Russia has. Um, we can leave you, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. I'll bring it up when we talk a little bit about some of the takes that we've seen on the internet, but yeah. Ty, keep going. So what a lot of, I mean, uh, you're, you're seeing a whole lot of um, um, like in the sports world, at least you're seeing a lot of repercussions or, or, you know, I, I can you call them punishments almost for sanctions? Russian athletes sanctions? Yeah. There are definitely economic sanctions, but now you're seeing it in the sports world. Um, you know, uh, IIHF actually, I, if I'm not mistaken, they've actually confirmed that Russia won't be at the World Juniors so long as they're, you know, still in Ukraine at that point in time, and they're not hosting the um, the World Champions or the World Juniors, and also like in the soccer world, the uh, Champions League final was supposed to be in in Moscow, and they had to or Saint Petersburg, one of the somewhere in Russia, and they had to move it from there. And a whole bunch of uh, Russia's in the World Cup qualifying right now, and all the teams who are in the qualifying with them in Europe are saying they're not playing Russia, right? They're going to back out of it. And what does you know? It's a lot of pressure on that sporting organization. There's that KHL team that's from Finland that backed out of the KHL playoffs. Yeah. There's like some Canadian or North American players that are either not playing, but I guess they've been told. Like if they don't play, they don't get any money or something well, because of I mean, a that's fair. In their contract. I think that's fair, but like it, it, this is unprecedented. I'd say, like you know, mm-hmm. I, it, mean, I think it goes to I show how much people don't Russia. want war. At yeah. the same time, you know, I've seen quite a few takes of like, who who does that benefit? Russian Russia wants to keep Russians in Russia, so by sanctioning them away from other countries or, or like us sanctioning them away from other like different countries. We're really just kind of playing into Russia's long-term handbook of keeping everyone in Russia. Well, I don't know, man, like we're not. So, so this is where I think you get the absurd take. So, so a lot of them are like, why aren't these Russian athletes going out and, you know, individually calling out, you know, Putin. Russia and Putin. That is absurd. Right? Why, why, there. Yeah, why so, isn't Ovechkin saying anything? Why isn't, you know, there's only, I think there's only one Russian player who's ever said anything against Putin, and that's Panarin, right? Yeah. And then he had like that whole, like, there was talk that he was scared about stuff yeah, happening exactly. to his family back in Russia. Yeah. I think the only person that it's fair to criticize in this whole thing that we've seen is Ovechkin because he's been so publicly pro Putin and has been on like, create, like, part of the, organization putin's team or whatever it is like i think he's the one person that it's fair to criticize for his support i don't think it's fair to be like hey come out and say to the media that I you're heard, anti-putin i heard zadaroff was pretty fucking strong against putin or or pro? yeah like against against well putin, i against think that the no war. one i don't think that no one cares about what nikita zadorov thinks they, they're more so going to want to hear what Ovechkin and Panarin and Kucherov and whoever else think. Like, no no offense to those other, you know, smaller Russian players, but um, the reason why Ovechkin's getting all this criticism is because he is, you know, 
the biggest Russian, you know, NHL player ever. So I, I yeah. don't think it's and, and and you know there are people who like NHL needs to ban all Russian players from playing, right? Like I don't think that's, yeah, that's going to help anything. That's obscene. Yeah. I think if anything, we should be you know treating them well because actually, man, like if you think about it in uh, in the sports world, like Russia loves hockey, right? And I mean, you see all the the propaganda games with Putin playing against you know and scoring like twelve goals. You know, yeah. <laughs> hockey's a big thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the 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 takes are absurd just from like a lack of awareness of anything. Like, okay, I the absurd takes from even Dominic Hasek, I think, which is his official account on Twitter, being like Russian players shouldn't be allowed to play in the NHL until further notice. And all Russian players should be like questioned about Putin. Like this energy wasn't there when any of the times that America has invaded anywhere over the last 20 plus years and Americans were never like, oh, we know what we should sit out because we're in Afghanistan right now and Canada has never done the same. Like the, the, the takes are just so irrational from every standpoint in regards to that alone but also just what does that benefit? Who does that benefit take like making Russians not play? I'm pretty sure most of them are against war. All that does is castrate them out of their own team. And I'm sure there's lots of conversations happening much in the similar lane of black lives matter type stuff on each team. And there's more Russians in the, in the league than there are black people. So, I mean, it's probably even more prevalent than those conversations were from like a, just locker room standpoint. Like it just makes no sense. A lot of these ideas and takes. And again, I just think that's feeding into the growth of the KHL in Russia and does nothing for anyone long-term or even short-term. Martin, did you have anything to say? No, it's it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it puts players in a tough spot. So I think what would be what, what you do see and, and are seeing now is that like, uh, it was actually announced this afternoon that CCM won't be, you know, using Alex Ovechkin in any of their, you know, marketing campaigns. And, you know, they're going to pull all of their sponsorships from Ovechkin. I think that's a better way of, you know, handling the situation. Like, it, you're still punishing the Russian players, I guess. But, I mean, the entire world is, you know, outside of Russia is is sanctioning them like any rich any, any Russian bank accounts in, in the USA, oh, yeah. not taking money out of there ever. They're blocking every single transaction, right? Yeah. Russia's fucked <laughs> with all this that's going on. And yeah. did you see, it was actually pretty funny what I saw. The Russian, like the Russian ruble, like their dollar is worth less than Ro- Robux, like Roblox. Yeah, money. yeah it's, it's, it's being completely tanked. Yeah, that's a little nuts. <laughs> and I mean, oh, like, the, they don't even know. I, I mean, I get most you, you, if you have TikTok, you're probably seeing a whole bunch of um, videos of people in the front lines in Russia or Ukraine, right? Like people are like videotaping and posting TikToks of the war and them going on fights. But like all the Russian soldiers who are then captured, like they're just like these young dudes who have no idea what they're doing. And... Yeah, like, I think as you mentioned, like a whole bunch of the, 
every single thing in the media is like outside media is being blocked from being shown in Russia, right? They're yeah. It's a it crazy is. world we live in. And and Ukrainians are like worried about yeah. what type of media they're getting, like what's the correct stuff. It's pretty scary. <laughs> we're in a world where we're so interconnected, yet the interconnectivity could just all be lies. Like I mean, it's stuff. pretty interesting. Like the I've seen reports of Google Maps showing where blockages are of like Russian army and then also totally getting rid of uh, where it shows like there's masses of Ukraine people or Ukrainian people. It's interesting how that kind of technology will play in. I think I saw that Google Pay and Apple Pay have been blocked in Russia too. I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know who that's hurt. Like that's just hurting the Russian people, not the people actually making decisions. That's where a but lot that of is kind of the point to. too, to make the people the rebel against their own yeah. regime, Which but we're, we're, we're protecting the, but well, that's what we just said. NHL players won't do where they're not going to vocally say something against Putin. What's the, what, what's the benefit of any Russian doing that? Are they just going to be whimmed into saying, but they are, Putin? there, there are protests. Uh, there are protests for sure. I mean, but I mean, I, I don't, I mean, they're getting arrested. Apparently I heard like, in Russia, yeah, people got disappeared yeah. or something in the last week because of that's protests. what I mean. Like a hundred people concerning. disappearing is concerning, and all that all that these pay blockages and sanctions are doing is putting more of those people, I think, like, at risk. If a Russian hockey player was to come out against Putin like strongly, I would I would guess they would not be welcome home for a while. Yeah, who knows if someone if something would happen to them overseas here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it would be that drastic. But if there was, no, there would be, it would be bad. I don't, yeah, I, but I don't think they'd be welcome home. They might not be welcome onto the Russian like Olympic team or yeah, probably not international teams and stuff. Like yeah, so I, I don't think any of these sanctions are working from like unless they're political sanctions more than anything else. But even again, everything's just going to hurt the the local people like that that's really what it comes down to putin's still in his castle and doesn't give a shit so that's if anything I, I saw a couple putin. actually really interesting geopolitical like twitter threads being like if anything this will be a good thing long term because putin has really played his card and no one's buying into it and people in russia like the power that that is there won't like putin well, the world doesn't like Putin. If anything, this is him losing. Ty thinks he's shaking his head like he disagrees. No, no, I, I, I'm, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah. So I think long term, it's it was a bad, bad play by Putin. Oh, for um, sure. At least that's Definitely. what. That's not what I'm saying, but I think that's what I, I read some interesting Twitter threads this week on it. So. It's definitely intriguing. Hopefully Russia does go the right way, but I mean, there's tons of protests within Russia. Clearly, no one wants to go to war. Um. And I think that's a really – like I really think that's a yeah, positive. We we had our – this is going to be the first normal summertime in two years. We went straight from the pandemic to a war. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sanctions are lifting. It, like, like we're going free will over here. No, no more, no more vaccine passports. No more full capacity yeah. everywhere. Full Starting capacity today. everywhere starting today. Nuts. You want to go to a Sens game, Martin? Um, they're in Tampa. Watch them 
all come back with COVID or something. It doesn't exist anymore. They don't even. It test doesn't it. exist. They're not even no, testing, not even uh, testing asymptomatic players. Yeah, that's true. That's, so that's true. why you don't. Today was really nice. I didn't have ago. to fumble four cards when I went into the gym. Yeah, that, I was, know. that was pretty nice. Walk in, and then uh, yeah. we're going to a full capacity game tomorrow, so that's going to be fun. Ooh, Ty scored yeah. us some tickets. I did. Look at you guys. We'll go. We'll go uh, live on talking hockey at the game. Remember, remember that was the place we did our first face reveal. Me and Luke sitting against the Sens, uh, and uh, we just and then we tend to pick, and then and then Eric put it on talking hockey. He's like, "Look, with the bo- talking hockey boys at the game." Eric didn't show his face, but he showed ours. No. As soon as he showed his face, he got racist comments. So I don't yeah. blame him. Um, yeah. What, is there anything like hockey related we could talk about this past week? This is a real quick episode, I guess. How good Jack Hughes is. Pretty good. Pretty good. The kid is good. The kid is good. <laughs> is I don't really think there's much else. Like, because Jack Hughes is this good, is the mm. U.S. going to be better no. than Canada? Oh, this is actually a good a conversation. Okay. And now we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. And now we'll get back into the show. It depends on Matthew, like your your boy Matthews. Yeah, and best then player Eichel, in the world. And Eichel. then Eichel, and then Jack Hughes down the middle. Like that's insanity. Canada can't compete with that. Well, right oh, now, yeah. they, I think they got Crosby, McDavid. Yeah, I guess Crosby. But Crosby by next Olympics is not like, Crosby is not playing excellent. Crosby was last Crosby's last Olympics. Then yeah, we missed probably. out on it. This was probably it. Mm-hmm. Bergeron um, last Olympics, like definitely. this was it. Yeah. Um, probably, probably. Yeah, so, but you still got. You'll still I think have there's the a US. good argument. I think there's a really good argument that America will be better for the next few years. Yeah, I think so. I don't buy that. Man, those three are good. I think like, head to head, it's it's good. much closer than we think. Isn't Adam Olymp- Fox also American? Yeah, but I mean this 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 Olympics. I think Canada would have smoked them still. Yes. Well, I Eichel so. was also out. You're, you're, so that's 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 something that 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 would have held them back. Eichel wouldn't have played at the Olympics. I'm fairly. But certain. Patrick Kane would still be good, and this was probably his last Olympics. Yeah, like the the Americans were going to be like a top scoring team probably because Kowalski, they don't really have. Kowalski probably should have made it. You have to that look at the their defensive value. I'd say like. Like Matthews, uh, when we were breaking down the teams, and if you want to go back and listen to our, you know, our pre-Olympic episodes that never ended up happening, I dropped my rosters, and it's also there's also a post about it on our inactive Talking Hockey podcast page on Instagram. Yeah, I don't even our... have access to the Instagram anymore. Damn. Damn. <laughs> What's the password? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me just share it right now. Let me let me just share it right now. On the on the on the podcast. Yeah. Anyone want to log in? I got the password for you. Um, no, anyway. Um, but what we were saying was that they didn't have a lot of defensive value. Like the the Canada's teams, you you have a shut easy easy shutdown line even in the next Olympics of like Couturier, Mark Stone, I don't know, some other winger who you know Canada has a lot of guys who can who can play that role of like a shutdown line. The Americans don't have a forward line that can do that at all, right? You don't have a ma- even even think about it, like Crosby, Bergeron, and Marchand could shut down any line. They all like Marchand and Bergeron already do that, and you just add Crosby to that line, right? They they mm-hmm. would never get scored against, and mm-hmm. like 
same with like a line if, if hypothetically like Couturier and Stone and you know someone else were there, and then you have like Ryan O'Reilly, yeah, right, exactly, Ryan O'Reilly. Like you need players like that to win as well. Like it's not just as much as as much as you know people don't like to say there. There's a lot to defensive value, and I think that Matthews is great defensively. Eichel, off the top of my head, I'm not really sure he hasn't played in two years, right? How good has he been in Vegas? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I think he scored like what two goals. Vegas is going the wrong way. All yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, and, and so I so Eichel, I don't know how. What's his defensive value? He's played like he's played two two weeks minimal games. Yeah, in the past two years essentially, and you know, Jack Hughes, Devils are a mess defensively. What I've seen, I mean, I, I got I've watched Leafs games mostly, but I mean the. They had a back-to-back against the Devils, and Jack Hughes did not look great at all. Well, yeah, it was right. It was like, after yeah, games. he can score great. I mean, you sent that he he has a lot of points, great. But there's still defensive value that has to be brought on your forward lines because who's killing penalties? Matthews doesn't kill penalties, and he's probably your best defensive forward right now on on Team USA. Uh, they could easily. I don't know. They probably have some. Patrick, you want Patrick Kane? Kill, you want Alex Dabrinka no. killing penalties? You want, I mean, no. maybe Matthew Kachuk does equal penalties? Think of your wingers, Probably. right? Like, yeah, yeah, sure. Matthews, Eichel, Hughes down the middle, great. Who's your fourth line? Great. Yeah, but That's but who's 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 shutting down other teams' lines? Because you still need that. This is true. This so is true. that's why I don't see USA taking a step ahead unless they get like a. Bergeron-esque player who can, you know, actually yeah. shut down teams' lines. Their defense is great. We won't have a Bergeron next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, well, I mean, you'll have... I, I Canada is good at developing, like, I, I don't know I don't know why this is, but, like, they're good at developing those guys. Couturier, O'Reilly, um... Would still be around. Like Stone would probably still be around, right? Marshan is probably still going to be around. Like if we're talking four years from now, playing on the next Olympic team. Well, two years and that would be the next World Championship, World Cup, right? They're hoping the, for I don't, two years. I don't know if that will ever happen. Also, Ty. Yeah. Those JT Miller uh, tweets are like that was complete nonsense, like complete falseness. Okay, Martin. Yeah. But okay. Like, was it? I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem like the. It seemed like it got really hot for like that little bit. Even yeah, though, and then, even and fucking then... Elliot tweeted, tweeted about it. Elliot Moose tweeted about it, and, <laughs> and nothing, I think just he would be a great nothing. fit. A great fit for that oh, second yeah. line. But the I was, acquisition I was listening... cost. I was listening to Overdrive today, which is Tuesday, so this won't be posted for a while. Ours won't. Um, but they were saying Jonas Siegel brought up, like, would you, like, because the guys were being like, hey, Toronto's biggest thing is defense. Like, they need to That's, add a defense. No, no, no. Especially, well, especially if Muzzin's out long term. No. I don't know. Their defense and, is fine. Yes. And then Jonas was like, Okay, let's take two example players, and it's like Manson or Miller, who makes you really better. Miller obviously is the answer there. Like, 
quite clearly it's going to be JT Miller because he's a game-changing fucking prolific player. Um, but if they can't add JT Miller, should they not try to add like a Manson instead of no. any other second option? That's the worst they could do. Because here's... they have eight NHL defensemen right now. Yeah. But five of those are like bottom guys. You could, they are playing like ever bottom since guys Muzzin, in the playoffs. Ever for since sure. Muzzin's been out, how good has Justin Hall been, Luke? Pretty good. He's been better. He still is slow and he still seems to have bad coverage, but he's getting points now. But TJ Brody is able to, you know, bail him out. Justin Hall has been playing really well. Sandine playing, you know, top four minutes, I think would be huge for this team because he is legitimately, when we look back at the 2018 redraft in a couple of years again, you know, when we're on episode 202, the Talking Hockey podcast, we'll do a 2018 redraft. Sandine's going top five easy. He, he probably goes top 10 right now. He definitely goes top 10. I don't know what top yeah. five. Top five is a stretch. Better than Darlene. I take him over Darlene. I take him over... Um, who else? Well, if you take him over Darlene, then he's probably your top five. Yeah. So so top five would be... But top five would be like Svechnikov, Kachuk, Quinn Hughes, Sandine, and someone else. I don't remember who went to in 2018, but... I'm just saying, Leafs don't need to add on defense, and anyone who says they do is silly. John Klingberg is not a fit for this team at all. At all. It, what the Leafs need more than anything else right now is a left-wing upgrade on Alex Kerfoot. Their first line is set. Matthews, but Barner, the, so, so So overdrive, and I think my point, like, I, I, I completely agree. It's, it's more so... John Tavares right now isn't playing extraordinarily well. Like, yeah, okay. Everyone's gonna say him and him and Nylander should be able to pull a line together themselves. Like Michael Bunting, sure he's looking sick, but it's also because he plays with Mitch Marner and Matthews. Like that's definitely helping him. Like if you put him on a different line on a different team, maybe he doesn't become a Calder potential player at twenty six. Um, but John Tavares and Will, William Nylander, if they're playing up to their full potential, they bring a guy like Kerfoot with them. Because Kerfoot doesn't have. They don't the need finish. to have. You need finishing talent. You're telling me that, like last week, the Leafs scored like two goals on Samuel Montembeau, worst goalie in the league, and then like to score two goals on JF Berube the next night. Who JF Berube is has, hasn't played a game in for three, sure three you'll NHL all, seasons you'll always want that but I I think you're going to want a good defense like what if Muzzin is dead so donezo for the year it's fine they're showing I, it's fine. I don't think I don't think it's fine they're showing you go it's through fine. a playoffs and it's fine it's fine I think you're concerned I'm not I have I have ever since like last I think, season I think Dubis is concerned. No, if he is he's stupid. Like sure maybe upgrade maybe upgrade your third your your seventh defenseman. I I say get rid of Dermott 100% fine with that. You can even trade Liljegren. I'm fine with that. I don't think he's Liljegren is going to be anything more than like a bottom pairing guy at this point. 
Hmm. I don't think he's shown. I, I was never really high on him. I know people were. Injury set him back for sure. And, you know, he had a he had an illness in his draft year. But um, he had a fucking mono. Mono man. for like several months. So, Mono's I mean, yeah, killer, dude. it sets you up. It sets you back. But like, you know, the potential for him is not that high also timothy lilligren has just as many just as, as an aside timothy lilligren has just as many 5v5 points as john klingberg never forget that okay uh, which again why i don't think that's a fit um like sandine is fine sandine is great riley and brody are good justin hall is serviceable jake muzzin play and bottom pairing and then just put timothy lilligren or travis dermott doesn't matter. You can even play like, oh, and Labushkin. They just traded for him. He's a solid <laughs> bottom pairing defenseman. Does a whole lot of nothing out there. Which again, there's value to that, mm-hmm. right? I'm the just, Russian bear. Yeah, the Russian. Like, like there's a lot. There's a lot of value there, in in, in having a guy. They, that's their. That's that can be their shutdown guy. But um, I just I think that that more than anything and actually just to say that John Tavares hasn't been playing well he still has he hasn't scored in like 13 games but he still has like 10 points or 10 assists in that time and he was actually pretty dominant last night hit the post a couple times had a wide open net that didn't go that just got blocked I don't know what happened but uh, and he had a great shift to, to set up the game winning goal so I think he's fine goals will come eventually Nylander's scoring pace is just fine he's on pace for like 30 goals right Thirty goals and I don't think Tavares points. has been great the last few games from eye test, but yeah, he's no, he was great points. yesterday. He was pretty good yesterday. He had some pretty bad shifts too. Well, I mean, that's again, if they just get a guy who can score over Kerfoot, I think that line takes off, and I think that you can play like I, JT Miller is your ideal target there. And I know JT Miller sucks defensively. But he can we did score. talk about it a lot last week, so we should move on from this. Okay. Mm-hmm. But who did, who would you put in that trade for JT Miller, Ty? I would put Robertson. My only untouchables on the Leafs are Topi, Topi Nimella, Matthew Nyes. That's about like it. Those are the only ones I wouldn't, yeah. yeah. I, I'm fine. Actually, I'm fine trading Nick Robertson. I'm fine trading like the other guys like Hervin in. Um, yeah, no, I I would I said last week I would trade, I would even trade Lilligren. No, Lilligren isn't a prospect. Lilligren, I know, but I'm fine with that. Yeah, but yeah, okay. I would I said I would include Robertson last week too. Um, okay, what else is there in hockey news, boys? We should get off the Leafs. We should try to talk about something David, else. David Although Singard. that. Davidson got hired. Oh yeah, this is funny. Okay, this we'll talk about oh, this, yeah. and then I think it's going to be a relatively short episode. Davidson um, was the the interim GM. Right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. this is hilarious because Chicago was like being very to try to I guess rebuild their reputation with their fans and you know everybody they were being very open and who they were interviewing and they got like this external like firm to to help them with their search for a GM. And then all that ended up happening was they hired the guy who was already in the organization and already was the interim GM. Yeah. The best tweet I saw is from Acting a Fooliman or Acting the Fooliman. The old school way of hiring GMs in the NHL is just to promote the interim guy who's already there. The new way of hiring GMs is to make a big show of interviewing a wide cast of candidates and then to promote the interim guy who's already there. I thought that was so funny. 
That's it's basically funny. the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's interesting that they did a whole due diligence and publicly due diligence and interviewed people from, it seems like, different sports. But, uh, I mean, I have nothing against Kyle Davidson or do I think he's going to do a worse job or a bad job? I don't care. But it is interesting. He is pretty he, new. Like he, It's yeah. not like he's been a GM before. He's pretty young, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You can't really say they're going old boys club like yeah. with this. Per he's se. only 33. Mm-hmm. From what, yeah, 33. So he's about Kyle Dubas' age. How old is Kyle Dubas? Dubas and the same initials? Old. Dubas later 30s, I think. Kyle Dubas is 36? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess Kyle Davidson would be the new youngest GM. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just pretty funny that they went the same route of they went some they, they had some pretty interesting candidates like they had some baseball people and some they were interested NBA. in someone who was on the, the yeah someone who was on the raptors mm-hmm. um but i mean i uh, gotta be honest why would you want to leave that to join the shit show that is chicago right now yeah for sure like maybe some of these people said no <laughs> like to yeah be exactly <laughs> like, thanks I, think for the interest, part, I, think, I think some people though if you're that much of a competitive in sports you sometimes yeah, you think look you could turn around turn around yeah, yeah. i think that's You're sometimes an attractive at the same time in chicago it's not so much of a shitty product it's a shitty pr yeah that they'd have it, to turn it, around it, which is a lot yeah. more complicated than than probably trying to rebuild yeah cases. when you have owners like rocky words going nuts yeah, and then apologizing to be like, "Oh, that nothing should happen there." I wonder if anyone pulled out of being like after that incident, and they were like, "I don't even want to apply here anymore. Don't even consider me." That's definitely possible. I think I like heard stuff didn't go well with that. Like there was backlash within from like fans, like. Because they have to answer to like the season ticket holder fans, right? And I think mm-hmm. there was backlash. Um, and I think Rocky Words is less of a player in decision making. It's more of his son. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Like part of that instant. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's so old school. Like so old school. Yeah. Uh, what else is there to talk about, boys? There was the Leafs ten seven game that was pretty wild. Don't talk about the Leafs. Don't talk. About I know, Leafs. but that was like really interesting. I didn't watch and it. And everyone's but... gonna be like, Leafs defense sucks. They gave up seven goals to Detroit, but actually they should have given up maybe two goals to Detroit that game. Yeah. yeah. The more concerning there thing there was Jack Campbell for sure. I mean, Detroit also should have given up like only three. Yeah, that's goals. true. It should have been three two. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw the stat. It was uh, there was 17 goals and an, an expect whatever you consider expected goals against of like 4.85. So it was 14 or 15 goals over the expected goal rate based on quality. And it was the worst game in the last 40 years based Listen, on that. Campbell got Campbell literally gave the puck to a Detroit Red Wings player for a wide open net, and that wasn't even the worst goal he let in. The worst he one was like, his fourth one. Yeah, the, the, the one from the side that just went like yeah. the short side. What was side he doing? Goal. What was he know. covering? There, the other one was the, the like honestly though, that, that unscreened point shot, like me I think you I think I could have had a better game in the NHL. I definitely think that Luke could have. Uh, Luke, Luke Luke was a ball hockey goalie um back in the day. 
uh, Laurier with Casey Sizikis' brother um, mm -hmm. or cousin or something like that. Um, brother. Brother. So Luke definitely could have had a better game than Jack Campbell. I mean, I let in a lot of goals against that team. Oh. But that, some some games I was on fire. I only let in like three goals. So I was, I was impressed with myself. Anyway. I don't think yeah. there's anything anyway, else to talk about. This is a quick. This is a quickie. Usually, we're here for too long. Yeah, I'm, looking, to I'm trying to look at some news and, and see if there's anything else. No, just, just anything ending. Else no, mind? just ending. There, there isn't. There isn't. Okay. Uh, like we're 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 in like the lull of the season before it picks eaves, up. Yeah, eaves before the the lull before the calm before the storm. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Short episode this week, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you everyone for tuning into this week's episode. We love and appreciate each listener that sticks around to the end. With that comes reminders to leave a review, press follow on those streaming platforms, and make sure to head over to Instagram to follow Talking Hockey. We're on the road to 30K, and we can't wait to continue to build our audience. Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin signing off. We'll see you all next week.